you know when I'm going to start really liking you is when you start editing in those little moments that are offbeat, where I'm brilliantly funny, but off topic. People need to see that side of me. People don't know. It's a little treasure I want to keep for myself. But, uh, don't yeah. be selfish. <laughs> this, is, this is a forum for us to share, Stelly, with the world. You can't have it all to yourself, gobble it up. You have to give, share it. Pass the plate it's around. It's going to be an, an album at some point. Three hours of Steely's funniest moments never released. <laughs> yeah, true. But first, we'll have to practice saying three, three, T-H, three, not tree, not to tree hours. I mean, maybe in the forest, there are tree hours. But here in the city, it's three hours, you know? Uh, okay. So. Grade one. Early this morning, I was thinking, what are some inner work principles that I've been using for a long time? Most of what we publish and share right now are sort of raw, in the moment, what I'm going through, my wild, incoherent thoughts, observations, day-to-day -day life. And there's gems in there. And I'm sure over time with polishing, eventually there's going to be some diamonds that we're going to develop. But I was asking myself, what, are, what would I say are old inner work wisdom that I picked up from other people that, that had long lasting effects, right? Maybe that's an interesting part, the longevity of certain practices and knowledge. I have read a gazillion books. I have tested and tried all kinds of thought practices, all kinds of meditation practices, or any kind of inner type work that you can imagine. I fucked around with it. And one thing that happens when you've tried and tested many, many things is that you get a bit cynical over time because you know that a lot of things will spark an excitement in the moment that won't turn into a long-lasting productive fire in your life. This is something that I tell to friends all the time. Sophia, and a common friend, who is also a little bit of a magician that constantly is amazed by some new book he read or some coach he interacted with or some philosophy or some self-help approach or some hack. It doesn't matter if it's about nutrition or biology or psychedelics or psychology. He constantly has a new thing, something that he is excited about. And I always tell him, I love his excitement. I want to hear about all these crazy new schemes and things that he's involved with. But what I'm really interested in is what will this look like a year from now? Because oftentimes when he tries something new, here's his process. Read something new, likes it, tries it, sees a benefit within the first week, goes to tell all his friends that he has discovered a new truth of the universe and something anybody and everybody he knows needs to do. And this is a common pattern, not just for him. I've done this many times in my life. This is a human thing to do. If you learn something new, you try it, you get an immediate positive result, or you see some or feel some positive changes, and then you advocate as hard as you can. You get excited. You have enthusiasm. And I always tell him, I love that enthusiasm. I want to get it. But I really, what I'm really interested in is what will that enthusiasm look like six months from now? Those results, what do they look like a year from now? Some things, they will last. Those are the things I'm very interested in. Most things don't last. And it's not as simple of a formula where everything that lasts for him will last for me too, right? So some things that he can try and it won't work for him long-term might work for me. So it's a good idea to share. But there's almost amnesia. I always had this. Today, I don't have this anymore where I had amnesia 
in the sense that I would get so excited about something new and I would have forgotten that last time I got super excited was also within the first week of results or the first month. Mm-hmm. The first couple of days or the first month are not enough. I have a working theory now about all this. My theory is that whenever you make hard changes in your life, it doesn't even matter what the change is. Whenever you make a hard change, positive results will first emerge. There's something in your body and mind that loves a reset and will reward you for it. This is the same thing with diets. I've followed so many fighters, for instance, professional fighters or even professional CrossFit athletes that I'm a fan of. And they'll switch to a new diet and then they will report, oh my God, here's the results. This is so much better. This is the thing that everybody should be doing. This is why I'm doing it. I'm just sharing. And I believe them authentically there truly enthusiastic about it. And then six months later, there's a post about why I stopped this diet. Well, yeah, I did see some good results, but I also see some, saw some problems. There all, so all these other things that were inconvenient and I'm now doing this new thing and I'm getting much better results with it. And if you follow an athlete long enough, as I have now, where some of these people I've closely followed for six years, you see the pattern again and again and again and again. And then you go, oh, I guess the body really likes it when you make a heart shift and change completely how you eat. But it doesn't mean that that's the best way to eat forever for everyone. Right? People have insane results when they go to the carnivore diet, which is just eating meat all day. That's the only thing you eat anymore, just meat. And people, they have diseases that go away. They lose weight, they gain muscle. They go to the doctor and do blood tests and all their levels are through the roof positive, all of them. Now, does that mean that for the rest of your life, every human being should just eat meat all day long, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, never anything else, just meat, 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 meat with meat and meat, mixed with meat. Should you really do that for the next 40 years, 50 years, and you'll be a superhuman health level? Fuck no. There's no way I believe this. And a lot of people that were hyped up on that diet and saw all those positive results, again, a year later, you hear them, they're not on that diet anymore. I guess something didn't work out as beautifully as it did in the first month. And that's fine. That doesn't mean that it's a bad idea to shift things or to try radical new ideas or radical new diets or whatever it is. All that is good shit. I'm for all of it. I'm here for it. You know, I like it. I'm interested. I'm curious. I'm doing some of this shit myself all the time. That's fine. But I realize that some of the big returns you're getting instantly might be more connected to the radical change than the change itself if that makes sense. Yeah. I think there's also, we as humans kind of perceive when there's a change happening in a short amount of time, we notice it super intensely. But then there's progress that happens slow over time. And over the course of a year, that slow progress sometimes adds up too much more. It's compounding than that fast, immediate, short-term change that in the moment seems so huge. But if you look back at it years later, this is the thing where you're like, yeah, it, doesn't, it didn't really do anything. And it's, we, we mistake, I think oftentimes the fact that we we think that it's, that it's something new or innovative or that it's this cutting edge thing. That's why it's working so well. There's some new science, there's some new approach, there's no, some new philosophy, but I guarantee you, dude, if you take somebody that has never done any sports and you teach them how to play basketball and they'll play basketball every day with some friends, they could be like, basketball is changing my life. I'm losing all this weight. Mm. It's fun. And it's fucking basketball. Like, it's not a new thing. But it's something this person has never done. They started doing it and they realized, you know what? It's kind of fun to play with friends. And I'm losing weight. And I'm feeling happy. 
wow, basketball is changing my life. But nobody would post this and people would not share it on social media and go crazy about it because it's basketball. Like people are like, what is, yeah, we, we've already discovered basketball. Like This is not news, right? But if it's some new fucking thing, body animalistic movement, dance, yoga, meditation that made me lose all this weight and feel more balanced in life. Boom, now we're like, ooh, intrigue. Let me read the book. Let me download the white paper. Let me listen to the podcast. Let me also change my lifestyle and try this new thing. And again, there's nothing against that. Trying new things is dope. Being inspired about new ideas, dope. This is good shit, right? This is what to be part of being alive. It's trying new things, getting excited about them. All that is good. But what I see or my hypothesis is that 90% 90% of the change that I see when I try something that new and radical or when I make a big shift or change, the majority of the benefits I see is because of the change, not because of what I'm changing. And I reserve judgment for if this new philosophy, this new brand new workout scheme called basketball, if, if that is the genius thing that will solve all my problems, I'll reserve judgment on that. In a year from now, in two years from now, am I still playing basketball two years from now? Am I still seeing the same benefits? Do I still love it as much? Then it is my holy grail. Then it is the thing. And once in a while, you do stumble over things that last for you. And they are a big part of your life. And they are amazing to you and for you. And that's beautiful when that happens. But I won't make that claim in the first month, in the first five weeks. I won't tell everybody this has changed my life because it's not true. This has changed the last few weeks. Do it for a year and let's talk again. So with that disclaimer, I asked myself, what are some inner philosophies that I heard or read or learned or experienced in one way or another that stayed with me for a very long time? And I don't know why that one popped up, but the one that popped up today as I was thinking about this was this quote I read in a book where the author was saying, if you are angry or upset at someone, you cannot be upset with someone or angry at someone and at the same time be at peace with yourself. This is something that I first encountered, this philosophy, this way of thinking. This particular quote I read in, I think, 2008. This is 12 years ago. And that quote, this philosophy or this way of thinking truly has changed my life and it has stayed with me. It's also funny. I've read a million things. I've quoted a million quotes, but this is a quote verbatim I can still say. And I didn't read this anymore. I just had to read it once because it clicked in that moment for me. And since then, most of the time, when I get angry or upset or irritated at someone, almost instantly I check myself. Almost instantly I go, well, am I at peace with myself around this topic? So for instance, if I was mad at you, Ramin, because I thought, whatever, you're not working hard enough on this podcast, let's say, something upset me. And I thought, Ramin isn't working hard enough on the Inner Work podcast. What the fuck? The very next thought that pops up for me is, wait a second. Are you working hard enough on the Inner Work podcast? Do you believe that you work hard enough on this podcast? And Ramin, I have done this like reverse psychology hack. I've I've asked myself this reverse question in these situations when I get upset with people over the last 12 years, thousands of times. 
Not once was I able to say, yes, I am completely at peace with myself around this topic. And my anger at this human is unrelated to how I feel inside and what my life looks like. And if I am okay with myself in this domain, not once, every single time, every single time I had to admit to myself, fuck, no, I'm also not working hard enough. And I have guilt and I have self-anger about not working hard enough on the Inner Work Podcast. And all I do is I see Ramin acting in a way that triggers that guilt and that inner anger. I'm not okay with myself around this. It's not him. I need to fix myself first. Whatever irritates you the most, there's a truth in there. There's a kernel of truth. Something there speaks to you, wants to teach you. You're not okay, not at peace with yourself around an important point and for you to notice there's irritation there's an overreaction what do you despise but this you're truly known to yourself and to others if you pay attention yeah that's one chris really hammered into me back in the days and it, for me it also really stayed and it's also one that's like unpleasant right because when you're angry yeah. with another person and then you and then you look at the mirror and you're like ah oh, shit this this is one of these beautiful inner work tactics that stink right it's if yeah. it hurts, it's the truth. Yeah. This is one where it almost always hurts. Yeah. yeah. But this requires, obviously, A, awareness and presence. So in the moment where you're upset with somebody, you need to remember to ask yourself that question, to have that ability to self-reflect, to reflect on yourself, to put up a mental mirror and look at it. And then you need the honesty and the harshness to see with open eyes and to say what you're seeing. Many people are not willing to. Many people, when they're challenged that way, they go, no, it's not, it has nothing to do with me. Da, 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 da. Not willing, not ready to eat the bitter pill and go, it might not justify Ramin's behavior, but I have to admit, yeah, I'm also not okay with my work product or with how I handle these things. So you have to be brutally honest. And then th this points to a life philosophy that requires extreme ownership. Because what it really says is what makes us most upset about others are the things that we're not okay with ourselves. We see most people and experience most people just as a reflection and a projection of who we are inside. And so the things that upset us about others are probably the things that we are not at peace with ourselves, where there's some inner conflict going on. And I'll have to swallow the bitter pill of facing that inner conflict and saying, first, I'm going to fix myself. First, I'm going to deal with myself. And then I'll see how I feel about the others. Right? It's so inconvenient because... When I get mad that you don't work hard enough on something, and then I realize I also don't feel like I work hard enough on something, now, now all the burden and all the responsibility is back on me. Now I have to actually do something, mm -hmm. right? I would have to work hard and do better and feel okay with myself and then see how angry I can get at you, right? And that is work. It's much easier to just be pissed at you. feels much better, but it's also a misguided, distorted way of looking at the world and yourself. And when you look at the world through a really distorted lens, you cannot make good decisions 
you cannot take good action. And so what you create and how you live will suck. That's the, that's the sad truth about that. Like you can tell yourself all the lies you want about you're awesome and everybody else sucks, but all you're going to get is a big fuck you burger from the universe. The more you think other people suck and you're good, the more sucky people will show up in your life. Isn't that, isn't that something? All of a sudden, everybody in your life sucks. There's this huge conspiracy of the world to be terrible around you. And all you're going to do is you're going to suffer more and more and more and more. And there's no relenting. There's no mercy in that way of living. There's only hell that waits for you. Huge in relationships. <laughs> huge, huge. I mean, that's also, there's another, I don't know if this is a joke or a quote or what it is, but it's this idea of if in the morning, as you start your day, you encounter an asshole, you might have just met an asshole. But if in the morning you encounter assholes, in the middle of the day you encounter assholes, and in the evening you encounter assholes, you are the asshole. You're the asshole. <laughs> right? That's it. If everybody you meet is an asshole, you're the asshole. You are the problem. And especially people that are the problem typically tend to believe everybody else is the problem. You know? Exactly. Um, so when you get mad at somebody and think they're an asshole, you might be the asshole. And this is not fun. I grant this is never fun to think mm -hmm. or to discover. I never, even after I've done this thousands of times, I never like when the discovery is, fuck, yep. I'm not okay no. with, I am the problem or I'm not okay with the way I'm handling these things. And so now I'm also irritated that this other person is handling these things similar to me. It's always a deflating moment. It's always a moment where I go, ah, oh, fuck. Mm -hmm. Why did I have to find this out? Now I have all this burden of responsibility on my shoulder. Fuck. It's never fun. But you know what's fun? What's fun is not the process. What's fun is the outcome it generates. What's fun is that, think about how amazing this is. I can say that everyone I work with is awesome. I don't have assholes in my life. There's nobody in my life that's an asshole. There's nobody in my life that I distrust. There's nobody in my life that is making my life worse. And I work with lots of people. I've been co-founders with two very different humans than me for a decade now. And in that decade, we've lived such different lives and at different life stages. I, you know, Within two years, one of them was still a baby when I got my first baby and became a father and married. And I had all kinds of other problems and issues. You know, Those two guys were just kids and bachelors partying. And just we went through such highs and lows and such different things. And here we are, better friends, brothers, closer than ever before, a decade later, after all kinds of crazy highs and lows and everything else in between. That is fun. I love, I love my co-founders. I love them. That is fun. When I talk to lots of other founders that have been working with somebody for co-founding a company with somebody for five, six, seven years, and you can tell they're like, well, we accept each other in some ways and we... You know, we've learned to live and let live and we're waiting to see how things will out. I'm like, that's not fun. Just last week, I was talking to a founder of a really awesome business, actually, who was telling me how the last couple of years, he and his co-founder never saw eye to eye. There were always conflict, always differences in opinion of direction. And finally, the entire last year, they worked on parting ways. And now they parted ways and he feels free. And it's dope that they figured out a way to resolve this in a way that's amicable for both. 
But I feel much more, but I have much more fun. I don't want to be running the business alone. I love that I have two co-founders and that I love them and that they're awesome. So that's, it's not fun to have to go through these moments of self-reflection and owning responsibility for your own emotions, your own shortcomings and working on yourself first. Really inner work is all about doing inner work first before you go out and do outer work. Outer work in the world or with other people, right? Working on yourself before you work on others. That's not fun, but the outcome of it is amazingly fun. My life is incredible. Having people like you, having people like my co-founders, having my entire team, everybody, my friend, you know all the people in my life. You know what kind of amazing humans I have around me and what amazing relationships I have with them. That's fucking fun. But that didn't fall from the tree. Yeah. It's a lot of short-term unpleasantness and pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Think about our relationship. We've had some highs and some lows. People don't know this. Like many years before I ever started Close, I made you move from Berlin to Stuttgart. We lived together in an apartment. You lived with me and my mom when we got broke. We traveled together. We argued. We fought. We got upset at each other. We we started working together. Like you've seen me within all angles. We've gone through some shit together, right? And it's not always been smooth, but anytime it counted, anytime it was really important, there was a showing up for each other. There was an, a direct and honest, good faith communication. It was also a lot of owning the mistakes, taking responsibility, being honest and transparent about what is truly happening. And that, over long periods of time, builds trust. That trust has now created one of the dopest friendships in the universe. Right? And we benefit both from it tremendously and wouldn't want to live without it. But we paid our dues. There was a lot of work involved. A lot of times work I had to do. <laughs> the truth hurts. But it is. It is the truth. You know, but look at you. Like, Ramin, I remember, people don't know you, but I remember you when you were a black box within a black box that was locked in a black box. Like, it, there was no way to get any information out of you about anything. And today, you're not the same person anymore. Like, you have worked tremendously on yourself. Incredibly. You've grown so much. And so that principle of... I can't be mad at you and at the same time be happy with myself. There's something so powerful about this and so universally true. Now, that doesn't mean that you cannot criticize somebody, but you can tell the difference. It comes from a very different place. I've seen Paul Graham, PG, criticize many, many founders, but you could tell it came from such a positive, peaceful place. The message arrives. Yeah. Why? Because it does not come with judgment. It does not come with baggage. You can tell this person is totally happy with their life. When they look at you, they totally love you. And they see you doing something very wrong. So they say, you're doing something very wrong. But it comes from such a loving place. And it's, it comes in a very light vehicle. Because it's just the information. All they have is this information for you. And it's, it's almost like a child when a child tells you a harsh truth. Because, you know, they just observe you do something terribly wrong or something. Or you're hypocritical in some way. They deliver that message. It might hurt, but they deliver it with a lightness of a child because they don't have any baggage. It's not about them. They just observe you telling them, do not smoke cigarettes. And then they see you smoke a cigarette and they go, 
well, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, it's just, mm-hmm. they just point out what they see. They're not angry with you. <laughs> you know, they're not, they're not projecting their self anger onto you. There's magic when, when. Yeah. Every time when I hear you talk about this characteristic or this trait of PG, I'm like, mm. is this magic. I wish, I wish I had experienced that sometime. Yeah. It's one of the, fa- my, one of the biggest impressions he made on me was seeing his beautiful innocence in many ways, how lighthearted he was, how clean he was also with himself. He knew who he was and who he wasn't, and he was happy with himself. And when he was engaging with founders, he had no bravado, no ego, no insecurity, no need to insert himself, to be right, to be heard. He was just offering ideas, thoughts, experiences, and he was completely at peace with what you would do with it. Take it or leave it. And he was such a genius that he knew at all times that he really doesn't fucking know either. And I hadn't encountered that. All the people that I'd met before, I'd met some really smart, really successful people before, but all the people that I'd met before that were really, really successful also really, really believed that they knew. They believed that they knew better than you. And so when they talked to you, they expected you to do exactly what they told you. And when you didn't, they were really angry with you. There was a certain arrogance about it. And then I met PG, who was more successful, might be the most successful person I know in terms of his impact on the world, the influence he had. I'm not just talking about the return that YC made, which is the biggest return that has ever been made in venture funding. But the way he changed the culture of entrepreneurship on a global scale, there's not a single human that has had a bigger impact. And if you think about the impact entrepreneurs have had on our world today, I don't know anybody that has influenced the world in a greater way, that has changed it in a greater way than PG. And he was probably one of the most humble people I know. Like one of the most, I don't even know if this is a good idea, but this is what I think. What do you guys think? And when you would ask PG, which startup is going to be awesome and be the biggest, if I want to invest in the most successful startup in the current batch, PG, which one is it? He would tell you, I don't fucking know. I've been wrong so many times. I don't, I don't fucking know. Yeah, I'm uh, very grateful and blessed that I, that I was able to observe PG in action at his prime, at the peak of his game at that time. So here you go. You want to do some inner work, maybe the next week. Just the next seven days. Write this on a piece of paper. Write this on your laptop. Write this on your smartphone. Wherever you're going to look at it. And ask yourself, whenever you get upset or irritated about anybody's actions or behavior, do the exercise and ask yourself, am I at peace with myself in this area in life? Am I doing well in this? Am I okay and happy with myself right now? And if not, write down what you have to do, what you have to change, and what you have to work on. And then get to fucking work. Nobody said it's going to be pleasant. It's not going to be fun. But I guarantee you, you do that long enough, often enough, consistently enough, and your life is going to be fun. Your outcomes, the people in your life, your success, the type of work you do, it's going to be much, much better than where you started off.